This is your Wendy's Wake Up Call. Start your day with a better breakfast and get a free drink with any of our morning-making breakfast sandwiches. That's your favorite drink in a Wendy's cup, free. Fresh brewed coffee, free. Diet Coke, free. Vanilla Frosty Chino, that's cold brew plus Frosty Creamer plus free. So don't sleep on this deal. Get any size drink in a Wendy's cup free when you buy any breakfast sandwich. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. On the card only. Offer valid upon request on lowest price qualifying item. Not valid for third party delivery. Mi nombre es Valentina Vivas Castañeda. Soy una estudiante en Fresno State. Juego fútbol y soy arquera. En una comunidad latina te enseñan que debes ser fuerte. Pero hoy estoy aquí para decirles que está bien pedir ayuda. Que está bien no sentirse bien. Ve a calhope.org para hablar con una persona que puede darte una guía sobre las opciones disponibles. O llama a la línea de ayuda al 1-833-317-HOPE. La esperanza vive aquí en California. Welcome to the Browns Wire Podcast. This is your host, Josh Keatley. With me is always Adam Moore. And also, again, for the third week in a row, Ryan Keatley. Adam, how are you doing first? I want to talk to you. I know you're going through some stuff at home. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, we're starting to settle in here. As you can tell, I'm upstairs in my in-law's house. So the new new house is moving forward as 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 planned, as scheduled. So hopefully... Hopefully in about nine months, I'll be out of this place in a brand new home. Uh, so that'll be cool. I did, I did lose my first junior high football game, Josh. I know I had expressed to you already how upsetting that was to me. You know, we, we outgained the opposing team by 110 yards. We doubled them up on first downs. We won statistically in every category imaginable, and well, we lost 14-8. There you go, yeah. Not every, not every category, but that's, uh, Every that's okay. category other than the score. One that matters. <laughs> uh, Ryan, how you doing? Uh, you know, just another day, another dollar. I'm ready for football, dude. I'm, I'm kind of been like, believe it when I'll see it type thing with everything that's gone on the last couple months in sports. And believe it, are- believe it when you see it. What do you mean? We're kicking. We kicked off, baby. Last week, college football kicked off. Listen, I had, I had March Madness ripped out from my hands literally the week of NBA got postponed. It's back on. It's just, you know, I just, well, I'll believe it when I see it. We're less than 24 hours away. So I'm looking forward to it. 2020 um, dog. Anything can happen. Yeah. No kidding. Well, Adam and I are Buckeye fans, so we might not get to see our favorite team, but you're a Florida state fan. We're going to dive into that a little bit. We got an exciting show. Cause it's week one of the NFL season. We got, we got everything lined up. We're going to dive in, give you a, we're going to break down the Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens game, the spread, the total. We're going to dive into our three best NFL bets. Uh, we're going to give you our three best college football bets. I'm going to give you a recap of what happened last week and why I went one and three because it's not my fault at all. Okay. <laughs> and then we're going <laughs> to then we're gonna dive into some of our daily fantasy tips. Uh, but first, let's go ahead. Let's kick it off. Let's talk about the subject that everybody wants to talk about, and we'll talk about the NFL game. Oh, oh, I do want to add, we're going to do something different. Not only are we going to give you our three best bets, okay, but we're also – going to make sure that when we're describing i don't want you to just say your best bet ryan adam and i break it down we give you a reason that you should put i would well i'm letting you know how how the rhythm goes right adam i I would rather you lose every game but at least give us a reason to bet it right because people shouldn't be following us blindly they should be looking for different sides of the coin that they didn't maybe didn't see before right so give me a good breakdown of your bets and most importantly what we're going to do is we're going to put in a song lyric 
Okay, one song lyric for every breakdown. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna mix it up. I just sprung that on you guys. You excited about it? You think you think you can work it in? I can do it. All right, we'll see what we can do. All right, the first thing we need to do is let's talk about the Browns Ravens game. Uh, first of all, we're also live streaming on Facebook. I'm gonna say first of all one more time. Who here? Put your hands up if you actually bet on the Browns Ravens game this weekend. No way. Adam raised his hand. Why? Well, you know what? We'll dive. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Adam, since you seem to have the most passionate, you know, reaction towards the game, tell us what's going on. The, the spread, Cleveland Browns are seven and a half point dogs at Baltimore, and the total is 48 and a half. Adam, what you got? Yeah, so this is a game last week where on, on the pod I actually talked about how I like Cleveland here with the, with the seven and the hook. Well, and I've actually we- kind of – you talk about leaning. You, you, I, yeah. I don't remember you being super passionate about it. So this is kind of it's a surprise to me that you're raising your hand. Yeah. So what happened was is I go I go ahead I, I update my model with all the new you know all my adjustments from what's happened since last year to this year, and I actually like Baltimore quite a bit here. Unfortunately, you wait. I'm I'm so I'm mixed up. You you like Baltimore? Yes. Because last week on the show. Right. I like Baltimore. I leaned Baltimore, and you you guys both kind of shot me down. Yeah, I, I, I pulled the old switcheroo on you, dog. So, <laughs> so, so tell me what's going on. What's going through your mind? I, I just – I don't know. The numbers, man. The, the, the numbers are all really pointing towards, towards Baltimore here. I even, I even adjusted down the, the home field advantage uh, by 50%, and it's still pretty, pretty we'll clear here. So you're already getting the midseason mode, and I love it. When you say you've you've taken down the home field advantage by fifty percent, explain because last year you you really went in depth about your your home field advantage rankings. I don't expect you to do this because it's going to make people fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But typically, Baltimore is at the higher range of the home field advantage. So when you say you knock it down by half, what does that mean? What did you have that number at? Where is it at now? What's the average for an NFL home field advantage? So I had so the average is three points. Uh, that's what most most handicappers use for home field advantage. I have Baltimore around four points, and I'm only giving them two points home field advantage in this matchup. Okay. Now, is, can you explain where you got that two points? Why are you still giving them half? Are there fans? So, I don't even know. Are there going to be fans in the stands? Not. I see. I'm not. I don't. If so, not many. Um, not enough to really matter. I don't think. But it's week one. Um, we've not heard great things out of camp uh, for Cleveland. And, Josh, you could talk more about that. Uh, but when I really kind of dug into this game after, after looking at the numbers, um, I just, I'm just having a hard time figuring out how Cleveland's going to win in this matchup. So, you know, I mean, well, Nick Chubb is obviously – The spread's seven and a half, so they don't have to win. They just no, have to I close it. the gap. And, and I feel like that's a, a fair number. Last time, last week when we were talking about this number, it was at eight, eight and a half. So seven and a half, yep. it clearly did go down. So Cleveland is clearly getting some of that money. Ryan, I know that you're kind of the percentage guys. You got, I'm sure you're looking at the action network. You could, you could, st- you could still get eight and a half in some spots. There's some best bets with eight and a half. Um, the interesting thing on this one, as far as a uh, percentage to win, as far as the breakdown of picks of all the games this weekend the Ravens beating Cleveland right now is at a 75% win probability and number two only behind the Chiefs versus the Texans. That being said, I'm still sticking with the eight and a half if you can get it in some spots at minus 110. Um, there are no fans in Baltimore uh, for the foreseeable future, so it's going to be an empty ghost crowd. Even that being said, when they were there last year, you know, I think it was a 40-25 to 25 or a 40-26 game, I can't remember specifically, 
and they've split the series over the last couple of years. So, I mean, we can go to team by team in the breakdown of the rosters, the, the who, what, where, when, and how, but I, I'm still sticking in that position, and it's definitely opposite of what would be chalk in the scenario based off everything I'm reading. So, and, and Adam, I, I, I think I still agree with you, even though there's not going to be any fans in the stands, that I'm going to give that home field advantage. I agree with you at two points because they don't have to leave, right? They don't have to get in a hotel room. You know, they don't have to do all that stuff. So I think I do agree with you. Um, obviously, for Adam's sake, if you are going to take the Ravens, and I, again, I lean with Adam, so I do side with Adam here, you do want to get seven and a half because seven and a half is, is very abundant, isn't it, Adam? Yeah, I mean, there's. I don't think there's a big difference between seven and a half and eight and a half. If this number really? drops to, yeah, if this number drops to seven, you need to hammer it for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I, I, you know, we talked about the, the. Obviously, this is a home opener for Baltimore. Even though there's not going to be any people in the stands, I think it, it mm-hmm. still matters, right? They're still going to come up. They're going to be pumped. Um, you know, this is the Ravens that are coming off a fourteen and two season where they lost their first. Well, Lamar Jackson is 0-2 in the playoffs now, um, so they're looking to kind of prove something. I think he's still got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Cleveland went 6-10 and last year. They have a new head coach, a new offense coordinator, a new defense coordinator with a limited uh, offseason. Woo! I'm not betting it, but God damn, those are some, I mean, big facts, right? I mean, you know, with no preseason, do the Browns even know what they're going to run or what they're going to see? The Ravens, they return pretty much everybody. Uh, Lamar ja- Jackson is another year older. Mark Andrews is at tight end, and Mark Andrews is a top five, top ten tight end in the NFL. I mean, and who are the Browns going to have to guard him? Because Mac Wilson, that was kind of his job. He's been hurt. Grant Delpit's hurt. They went out, they signed another or traded for another safety in Jacksonville, who's only been on the team for two short weeks. So he's kind of the X factor there. We talked about Lamar Jackson a lot, but Mark Andrews is a true X factor. You know, the Browns' biggest head headhunter on defense is Miles Garrett. Well, the Ravens got Ronnie Stanley, who is no joke off the tackle. Again, a guy who's probably top five, top ten in his respective position. J.C. Treader, we're not sure about him. Uh, the you know the starting center for the Browns, we're not sure where he is health-wise. And the Ravens, again, they got another stud right there, nose tackle, and Brandon Williams. So it feels like the, the Ravens, their strengths are almost exactly where you don't want, where the Browns don't want their strengths. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Josh, we've talked about it on this pod quite a bit, that the, that the Cleveland Browns defense is really weak up the middle at the linebacker and the safety position. And what, is, what does Baltimore want to do? It's not like they, the Baltimore's offense is built around this outside you know, passing game where you're going to have these, these wide receivers on the outside playing vertical, where in my opinion, that's probably the only place where Cleveland has a plus advantage, where you get outside cornerback versus wide receiver. Uh, I don't. I mean, I think Denzel Ward is better than Marquise Brown, better than Miles Boykin. I think they can win on the outside, but it's in the middle of the field where they're going to be running the football, where you're going to have Mark Andrews. Those are the biggest mismatches, in my opinion. Last year, Mark Andrews scored, you know, thirteen point one and twenty seven point three fantasy points against this Cleveland defense. And is that right? Not much is yeah, not much has changed in that middle of that defense. So I think you're right. That's that's a big vulnerability for Cleveland's defense, and I think they're going to be able to pound the rock. Um, and on the on the offense side of the ball, I just don't feel too confident right now in this in this Browns offense. Especially, you know, you got Marcus Peters over there. Odell Beckham has historically not played all that well against Marcus Peters. I guess Jarvis Landry may have a plus matchup, but once you go inside, you know, Baltimore's got one hell of a slot <laughs> slot well, slot cornerback. So. And remember, I just, uh, too, you don't, know, you don't even know what they're going to do. Are they going to come out exactly. with two tight ends? Are they just signed Cream Hunt to an extension? Is Cream Hunt now going to get more touches than Nick Chubb, which no one would have thought of two weeks ago? You know what I mean? We don't really know. We don't know who the third wide receiver is really. That's we, a we good problem a, to have, though. 
It, oh, you think? Uh, yeah, well, I, mean, if, it, I, I think it's a good problem for the Browns in the sake of the in, mm-hmm. in the in the sake of them doing the surprise attack as far as a game plan. But it's a bad sign for Adam, who's wanting to gamble on the game. You're wanting to bet on consistency, right? You don't want to bet on inconsistency, and that's what the Browns are bringing you because you have no idea what their game plan is. The Ravens, you know exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. You know they do it well, and you read off fifteen stats that shows that they do it really well against the Browns. And I know that the Browns and the 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 Ravens have kind of split the last couple times, but out of the last 20 games, 10 have been decided by more than eight points. Nine of those were Ravens victories. So when the Ravens do win, and again, I understand that it has been more 50, 50 these last couple of years, the Ravens tend to pound them. So I, I, again, I, I think, I think Adam, you just convinced me to bet on the Ravens. Ryan, do you, did he do any, you kind of smile on there. Like you're going to say everything. So first off, this isn't a game that I would be running to to grab a ticket on as far as betting it um i i'm sticking with and i'm not going to beat a dead horse but it's the same thing that i brought to the table last week uh, nfl teams that are getting seven or seven and a half points or more are covering at uh almost a 70 percent rate week one so the storyline of the browns are new here new there week here week there and we don't know what they're going to do that could be said for a lot of teams in the nfl week one and you know that's where the lines are where they're at the, the caveat to that is as much as uh, we've discussed it already, the Ravens, a 14-2 team last year, number one scoring team, number three scoring defense team, added guys like Calais Campbell. They had Patrick Queen fall to him. They had J.K. Dobbins fall to him. They only got stronger in spots that they were already stronger, I think, yes. as far as a roster. So everything on paper screams the Ravens. And because this is a game I wouldn't want to bet, I would just bet the trend of that 70% return on a seven to seven and a half point uh, underdog week one NFL. It's going to be tough. I mean, ha- you have to have Anderson Sandejo guard Austin, or not Austin Hooper, but Mark Andrews. You got to have second, third string linebackers, you know, QB spy on Lamar Jackson. And then do they have anyone that's going to keep up with any of the receivers or the running backs with them right now with all the injuries that they have? It's a good question. And I, again, I, I think that Adam has basically convinced me to bet on the Ravens. Anthony mentioned on Facebook that he heard that the Browns would be running more two back set. I'm sure that that's hundred percent accurate, but that still doesn't change where I sit. Um, again, that's still just more inconsistency that I don't really want to bet on. I want to know what my team is going to do. Um, with that said, the total is 48 and a half. I personally lean on uh, leaned over here. Um, I'm again, not going to, bet this, but we talked a lot about the two offenses, right? We know that the Ravens are going to go out and score. We know that Mark Andrews is kind of our X factor. We know that Lamar Jackson is the ultimate. I mean, he's the NFL MVP, and we think that the, the Browns are going to be somewhat aggressive uh, with the ball, with OBJ, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield, uh, Austin Hooper, trying to get those guys involved. So I'm going to lean over. Adam, what, do you have, what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to lean under just because I think, I think this Some game will play out more often <laughs> – on the ground than not. Obviously, there's going to be tribute. You know, when we bet, you've got to keep that 55% number in mind. This there's a range of outcomes when you when you're thinking about these games. We just want to pick an outcome that we believe 55% of the time is going to play out in our favor. So that's really what we're looking here. Just looking at probability. This game could go a bunch of different ways, but I think that the likeliest way this game plays out is that this is more of a uh, a game where both teams are going to try to establish the run, win in the trenches. I think that shortens the game. So I think 48 is just a little too high for my taste. I'm not going to bet this because you mentioned there are good pieces on the offensive side of the ball. We saw last year Lamar Jackson throw five touchdowns in week one. Obviously, Baker Mayfield and all the weapons that he's got around him, they have, you know, they have the talent 
to put points on the board. I'm not going to bet this, but I think the likeliest outcome is under here. One other thing uh, that kind of like makes me think that the Browns are going to run more often than not. Uh, last year, Baltimore led the league in uh, percentage of dime and nickel packages on the field. So like almost 80 to 90% of the time they have a dime or nickel package. I think Cleveland to counteract that comes out in a lot of 12 with Njoku and Hooper. So I think they have an opportunity there to kind of win in the run game with Chubb. Um, I, I mean, last year we saw Kareem Hunt and Chubb on the field at the same time. I'm sure you're going to see more of that this year. But, you know, you, you, there's only so many people you can put on the field and you're going to want to put, you know, Odell and Landry and Njoku and, and Hooper. And you just can't get them all on the field at the same time. So I think, I think it's more likely than not that they're going to try to really establish the run against the 5-6 defensive backs that Baltimore is going to run out. I think that's fair, and I'm going to bring up a similar point when we talk about our fantasy football picks. I do want to also reference that the unofficial depth chart came out and Harrison Bryant was ahead of David Njoku, but I'm right there with you. I, I don't really know why that was. I expect David Njoku to play uh, possibly more than Harrison Bryant. Ryan, where do you stand on the 48 and a half? I want to take the over on it um, simply because I think both teams are so talented on offense that I compare it to kind of like the Pro Bowl. With the lack of preparation, you know, without any kind of preseason reps, you're only going against each other um, through, you know, what are these scrimmages. Um, in the Pro Bowl, it always favors the offense because you have so much talent on the field. The defenses don't really have time to prep, really get the, the heavy hitters out there. So I'm, I'm leaning most, most overs uh, week one right now until we figure out what's going on for that simple reason alone. That's you know what, point. that's – we just, I'm sorry. We, there's so much uncertainty in, in the NFL right now without having four preseason games for each team. I think there's a lot of uncertainty even in, even in these NFL buildings where coaches don't, aren't really sure what they have in some of these guys because they haven't seen them actually out there playing against each other or playing against another team. I think that's going to play out too where I think a lot of weird things could happen early in this season be, until we kind of learn more about some of these guys and some of these teams. I just be, be prepared for some real funky stuff to happen here in these first couple of weeks in the NFL. And I love, Adam, I, I want to, again, applaud you and your professionalism as a gambler. I just, I'm going out there and I'm just spending money. I've been on a couple, I, I've been on four college football games last week out of the five games that were available. And the reason I didn't bet on the fifth one is because my book didn't have the number up. But you, again, reminding everybody that goal is to hit 55%. Your goal is a better is to hit 55%. Mm -hmm. You're taking home money at that point. Anybody who tells you that they're hitting 70% on the reg is a liar. Adam, you, you've had weeks where you've done that, but you've also mm -hmm. had weeks where you've gone, gone zero, and you're one of the better gamblers that I know. So that is good to let everybody know that because a lot of first-time gamblers, I remember you know, when I first started this where I was listening to podcasts thinking that those guys were hitting hundreds, 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 because that's what they tell you. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to bet on the total. Is anybody here planning on betting on the total, or are we just kind of speculating? No? Okay, let's go into – I'm sorry? No, I was just going to say right now uh, it's about a 50-50 bet spread with 76% of the public money on Cleveland, but the Sharps are hitting Baltimore heavy. So Is that right? Yeah. Cause that, and I, like I said, I, I do lean Baltimore. I'm not going to bet on the game. I don't want to bet against the Browns. It's the first week. I really don't want to have to do that, but that is where I lean as well. Um, actually – Adam, you, I think I'm going to, I'm going to double check tomorrow, guys. I'll put you on Twitter, let you know if I'm going to bet on it. If it's still seven and a half, Adam did a really good job handicapping this game. So I, I have a strong lean towards Baltimore. Adam or Ryan, you're still, 
you're just still floating I'm gonna, over I'm, there. I'm, I'm the just going to play the odds. It's not a game I would touch. I mean, I'm only going to try to identify four or five games a weekend uh, that I fall in love with. But, you know, if, if it gets down to it where I get bored, I don't mind being the tiebreaker in this conversation. That's good advice, too. If you get bored, definitely just gamble mm, your heart. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Come Monday night, 8 o'clock, I'm emptying the bankroll. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> as is tradition. All right, let's move on to our top three best bets for the NFL. Guys, I want to give you one. Adam, then I expect one from you, and then Ryan will just go roundtable like that. Is that cool, guys? Go ahead. Okay, my first game, because I am a degenerate, I'm not going to wait around. I'm going to bet on that Thursday night game, baby. I got the Kansas City Chiefs giving nine and a half to the Houston Texans at home in Kansas City, the reigning Super Bowl champions against the DeAndre Hopkins-less Houston Texans. Now, the Kansas City Chiefs, we all know how explosive their offense was. We know that they were fifth in points scored last year. But I did not know this until today that they were second in yards per play, which, as Adam will tell you throughout the entire year, that that is one of the most, if not the most important statistic that gamblers want to look at. So you're taking explosive offense that's added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, again, I thought was overdrafted. But still, he's a very dynamic player that's going to be included on already dynamic offense. I, I don't I don't see how this can go wrong. I expect Kansas City to come out flying. I 100% agree. That is, really? I, th- yes, I'm all over that. Everyone, I mean, they were up, they were down 24 nothing to the Texans in the playoffs and came back and beat the bricks off them by three touchdowns. I think that team is just so talented and is riding high. It's first game after the Super Bowl. And it, right now, the Chiefs have a 79% win probability, the highest on the week of any team. So the nine points, 10 points, wherever you can get it at, doesn't scare me one bit. Wow. That's awesome. I can't believe you agree with me. Adam, what do you think? Yep, I agree. I make this spread of – my expected spread is 12.5, so I like the value here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't disagree with any, any of the points you're making. One other thing, Andy Reid is, is – I and I should have this stat in front of me, but I don't – is pretty notorious for – uh, being very good in week one and being very good off a of bye week. So if you give Andy Reid a, a, you know, more than a, a standard week to prepare for a team, he usually figures out a way to come out and score a lot of points. So that'd be where I'd put my money on Kansas City as well. That's good to hear. So is this anybody else's best bet? Did I take anybody else's? This would have been my fourth. Oh, uh, so we just missed It's in my list. five, yeah. And Andy Reid is 17-3 and three after bye weeks. Thank well, you. That does, so that's what you... I'm talking about. <laughs> All right, okay, Adam, what's your best bet? All right, so I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles here. I'm not sure what you got the number at, but right now I've got it at um, five and a half. So okay. here's my handicap. Uh, Peterson, he in, he is 4-0 in season opers with an average margin so say, of victory. Say, say the whole game, Philadelphia is given five and a half. At Washington. At Washington. At, at the Washington football teams. Okay, now going. All right, so Peterson is 4-0 uh, in season openers with an average margin of victory of almost 11 points, while Ron Rivera is only 4-5 and five in season openers. So uh, one oh, thing I'm really looking at – Doug yes, Peterson. Doug Peterson, that's correct. Sorry. Uh, one thing I'm really trying to look and hammer early in this season is teams that are dealing with um, – uncertainty or disruption in their in their staff or so I'm looking at I'm looking to bet against new head coaches new coordinators uh teams like that because there's not been any preseason games these guys are these guys are running out pretty much blind in week one 
so I like Doug Peterson and the consistency that he has in Philadelphia. You got Carson Wentz. He's won his last five games against Washington with 28 points being the least amount of points he's scored. Uh, wow. With the Eagles. I didn't know that. Um, only two teams allowed more passing touchdowns in 2019 in Washington. Uh, so I, th- I just think there's a real opportunity here for Carson Wentz to come out and, uh, and fire up a lot of points. I don't expect uh, Dwayne Haskins to come out and really be able to match the, with the Eagles for a, you know, for a long time. Uh, so I'm, I'm going with the Eagles. You know what? I think you just convinced me to take the Eagles too. We're not even talking about the fact that the Redskins just got rid of Adrian Peterson. They don't have Darius guys. So that backfield is kind of in shambles. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Chris Thompson's I- gone too. Chris Thompson is gone. Of course, he was gone for most of last year, too. But Antonio Gibson has kind of looked at uh, – Ryan, I know you and I are in multiple fantasy football leagues. Everybody's taking him acting like he's going to be the number one back. That dude wasn't even the number one back in Memphis. I don't think he had a game <laughs> where he had over three carries. He didn't, I don't think he had more than 50 carries a season at Memphis. So, I mean, that backfield is in shambles. So, Adam, I think you, you make a great point with Philadelphia. I might be right there with you. Ryan, so what do you my- think? My well, one one other thing. My biggest concern on this handicap or on this game is Philadelphia's offensive line. They've got two starters out, and they've actually got Cordy Glenn in the building working him out. Washington's defensive line is by far the 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 strength of their team. I think they a Pro Football Focus or Football Outsiders. One of those teams have they have their defensive line ranked fourth overall in the uh, NFL. They finished tenth in slacks in 2019. And they added the best pass rushing prospect in in history, maybe in Chase Young. So that's pretty intense, but sure. I mean, that's, I'll, that's give, it, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. People say that you know, people have been saying that, so I'll give it to yeah. you. Yeah. So that's my biggest concern. Uh, but overall, I, I think my numbers uh, in my model they really like Philadelphia here a lot more than uh, than what the spread is right now. So well, Ron Ron Rivera too. I, I believe he's been sick as well. I think he's, I like, he's got yet. he got diagnosed with or he's got cancer. That's right. So he's kind of been in and out of practices and all that. Ryan, what do you think? What what is your breakdown of that game? Um, as far as that game specifically, I think Adam nailed it on the head. I, the game script is everything against the Redskins, and it's not like Antonio Gibson's going to even have a chance to get fifteen to twenty five touches because they're going to be in the lead. I think Haskins is going to go out there and try to win the game. I think the strength of the Philadelphia Eagles is their front seven. Um, it, it is a little concerning that the Eagles uh, line is missing two of five pieces, but the three that they have there are absolute studs from Kelsey on the way out to the outside. Um, if your worst thing is to have Cordy Glenn come work out for you, step in there, who knows? Um, the other thing I'd look for is Miles Sanders has been a little banged up uh, this season thus far, but I actually think that the Eagles will win the NFC East. That's a whole nother conversation. That's how much I believe in Carson Wentz and that team. So I think the Eagles. I like that as well. The, I think the Eagles will run away this week. I think that's fair, and uh, we talked about adding the music lyrics. So I just want to say I think Miles Sanders is headstrong and ready to take on everyone. Okay. <laughs> so I do. I, I do uh, throw that out there. So. Ryan, what's your first game? So my first game, and I can't believe it hasn't been mentioned, and for whatever reason, I guess I am against the uh, spread on this one, uh, no pun intended. So I love the Packers getting three and a half in some spots um, in Minnesota. Um, it's two and a half to three and a half, wherever you can get it at minus 125. Um, 62% of the bets are on the Packers. 73% of the money is on the Packers as well. So for whatever reason, the line is set where it's at. I've been Googling as much as I possibly could to figure out why, um, especially because I look at it this way. The Packers are in their second year under LaFleur. 
Um, I know they didn't do anything in the draft to, you know, strengthen what's going on as far as get a receiver or strengthen up the defense. But I think a and for the record, they drafted a quarterback who's not starting and a running yes. back who's not starting. Yep. Uh, that being said, th- they return a majority of their thirteen and three team from last year, uh, minus Brian Bulaga replacement with Rick Wagner, which I think is a lateral move. Um, defense is just as intact, and defense was great last year with the Smith brothers on the outside. The only piece that they lost really was Blake Martinez, who was second in the league in tackles. But I don't think those 155 that he put up really are tackles that he made himself. I think the rest of that team cleared the way for him. They got Christian Kirksey there. I mean, if that, that's a lateral move for me as well. Whereas the Vikings lose their staff. They lost their number one target in Stephon Diggs. They got Dalvin Cook, you know, kind of waffling back and forth between his contract. He said he's not going to hold out, but obviously there's some disgruntled things going on there in the locker room. It's just I'm following the narrative of the two teams going in separate paths. I think this is the last raw for the Packers, and I think they're going to start out strong against the Vikings, which they beat them twice last year, both by more than three points. Is it, This is in Green Bay? This is in Minnesota with no fans attending. I got to tell you, man, I don't, I don't like it. I, I, I feel like the Packers' defense against the run was absolutely atrocious last year. I don't think they did anything to improve it. They're and I 25th imagine, overall against the run. Yeah, where I mean, you look. that's not good. And you got the Vikings who are just going to run it down their throat, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. I'm not betting against it. I just I can't move off of the fence on this game. My only reason I'm scared to bet against it is that I think that Aaron Rodgers could possibly take on – he's pretty headstrong and could take on anyone <laughs> considering how upset he is about Jordan Love <laughs> being drafted. You're just, it sounds like you're just you, – did you listen to Trap before this? <laughs> He did. <laughs> Honestly, that's the only lyric. Look at his lyric. shirt. He's got the traps out. Of course he's listening to traps. That's the only lyric that works for him. Yeah. Adam, what do you, Adam, what do you think? I feel like you might lean with me. Uh, so I I would lean to Green Bay here. Oh. Um, so I, I still think I've got Minnesota about a one-point favorite. Right now it's, what, two and a half, three and a half, somewhere in there. Uh, so yeah, yeah I'm right, going to I'm gonna lean to Green Bay. I'm not going to bet this one. There's not enough line value there for me couple of points uh you mentioned uh green bay and their rush defense dalvin cook last year rushed for 154 yards against green bay but for whatever reason as a as a whole minnesota really couldn't put anything together on offense against green bay two of minnesota's three worst offensive performances in 2019 came against green bay Mm -hmm. scoring a combined 26 points um yeah and they turned the ball over five times about six sacks minnesota lost a lot on defense uh, yes. So I think that's something that's not really being talked about. That whole defensive secondary is now in Cincinnati for whatever reason. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm like I said, I'm not going to bet this, but if I if you you know came over and put a gun to my head, I would say Green Bay. Yeah, I'm not going to bet it either. Uh, I understand. I, I like I said, I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers is a wild card. If you're going to bet on the pack, that would be my number one reason to bet on the Packers is Aaron Rodgers because he, that guy's when he's upset, he's just crazy. Uh, but t- moving- hold on, you talked about this last week about. Um- the uh, point differential based off the QB. Who's had yeah. the highest point differential based off the QB position in the last Well, team? as Adam Rogers, stated, right? it was Rodgers prior to last year. Then well, it was yeah, Mahomes. But... Okay. Prior to that, well, who's so Mahomes? Mahomes, Mahomes overtook the, the one spot last year. Well, as I, we I'm know, so confident though, on this game. I would take this game on the money line. As we okay. know, though, with the quarterback's impact in regard to the spread that a lot of that is dictated at least in the nfl a lot of it is dictated 
by the backup. So a big reason why he's a first rounder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the differential will be this year. But before it was to show Kaiser, right? One one of the Steve Fezzik, who's on the Dream Preview, one of his favorite stories about quarterback values is that Joe Montana was only worth a half a point at one point in his career because Steve Young was his backup. So I thought that that was very interesting. So you have to remember that, um, which reminds me, Adam, I, I'm definitely going to make fun of you later for your telling me about backup quarterbacks in college football. Cause I thought about that last weekend while I was watching college football, but anyways, moving on my second game, my second favorite bat bet uh, is the Buffalo bills giving six and a half points to the New York Jets. The Buffalo bills are at home. You're talking about a team who added Stefan Diggs, uh, who had a three point loss in the playoffs. Who's a very competitive team looking to rebound from that. And I am factoring and this is probably my most biased take that I do expect Josh Allen to have a growing He's going to grow and be better than he was last year, especially with the addition of Stephon Diggs. And the Jets didn't do anything to make me think that they're better. They know they did, I know that they drafted Mekhi Becton, but that offensive line is still rough. Um, their receivers have been injured so much that I saw Sam Darnold actually look upset at times this pre this off season. So I, I just don't see any hope. I mean, Jamison Crowder may be their number one tar- maybe his number one target. And I love Jamison Crowder, but that ain't good. So I'm going with the Buffalo Bills here. Adam, what do you think? So I'm I'm not going to bet this. I have that I have that six and a half number about right. Um, but if you're ever if you were going to tease a game, I think this would be a great team or great great game to tease uh, because I do feel very confident in Buffalo winning this game. Here are a couple of stats for you. So excluding last year in Week 17, uh, Doug McDermott is four and one versus Adam Gase in the five matchups uh, that. In, the, in those five matchups, Buffalo's defense averaged three, almost four sacks a game, two forced turnovers a game, and only 17 points allowed. Wow. So in, in four non-Week 17 games that Sam Darnold has faced top five pass efficiency defenses, he's only averaged 165 yards per game, one touchdown, two turnovers, and two sacks. Buffalo ranks fifth in passing efficiency. Um, and you mentioned Denzel Mims is hurt. Brashad Perryman's been injured all year. Brashad Perryman's a one-route guy. He's not going to be able to go horizontally against his own vertical. I just don't think there's very many weapons. I think I think Lev Bell's washed up. Uh, I don't. I just don't know how New York can score against this Buffalo defense. And I think Buffalo has, has enough pieces on offense to score a few points. I really think Buffalo wins this game, but I'm not betting it against the spread. Okay, Ryan, what do you think? So at face value, it's tough to think that you can bet on the Buffalo Bills just based off their play style, just slow, meticulous, defensive-minded, want to run the ball first. I mean, that's just been their MO for the last couple of years under McDermott, who I think is a highly underrated coach. I think Adam Gaze is the worst coach in the NFL. That's a whole other podcast. I can go a whole hour on that. But surprisingly, if you look it up, the Buffalo Bills, I think, are uh, number six or number seven against the spread uh, last year in 2019. Um, and to your point, I think the, the Jets, after all their offseason moves, are a roster that's depleted. I really think it's Buffalo's uh, AFC East to win, and I think they start out with a huge show-me game in Buffalo. Brand-new stadium name, too. I don't even, What is it? It's not New Era Field. What is it now? Oh, I don't know if they know for sure yet. Is it one uh, of those situations? I think, yeah, I think, I think the naming rights are still available. Okay. Yeah, I know last week they were just ripping all the logos off of it. Plus, I mean – I heard. Because I thought I saw Dave Portnoy come out on Twitter and said that Barstool was really interested. He did. I was hoping they would jump on that. <laughs> and you know somewhere in Buffalo, even if they're not out in the parking lot, they're going to be jumping through some folding card tables anyway. So. Oh, yeah. 
It's yeah. It's Buffalo all over this game. For sure. Adam, what's your next game? All right, I'm going Chicago at Detroit here. I'm going to go with Chicago. They are three-point dogs. Uh, last time I checked, I've got them winning by a point, point and a half. What do you What do you think about that game? I like that. I I I don't have the cojones to bet on it because I, we talked. I talked about betting on consistency in Chicago. You're mm-hmm. talking about. I like Trubisky for the record. I'll say it. I like Trubisky. I think that he can grow into a fine quarterback. I do think his confidence may be shot because last year was rough. Um, but you're talking about a team who signed Nick Foles, did everything in their power to make Nick Foles a starter, and he sucked so bad that they were like, okay, I guess Trubisky. They didn't no, – neither of these quarterbacks came out and won the competition. They were just like, okay, Trubisky? Like, and that makes me weird. That makes me worried. Anthony Miller, I believe Anthony Miller is banged up, and he's one of their number one players. David Montgomery is going to be the entire offense. You're talking about a guy who doesn't really have breakaway speed. Um, you know, he's not really – the ideal workhorse back, and he's still banged up. Terry Cohen is maybe, you know, their X factor, and he's banged up in my size. It's just I don't – I like it. I like the bet. You're talking I, – I, I'm leaning where you're leaning. It's just I'm scared. Does that make sense? All right, so, yep, Matt Nagy and, and Matt Patricia, they've matched up four times now in the two seasons as head coaches. Matt Nagy's Bears, is, are they're 4-0. They've won 34-22, 23-16, wow. 20-13, and 24-20. I didn't so, know that couple other stats here you know obviously if you think about how Detroit wants to move the ball they want they want to give the ball to Matt Stafford and let him work vertically downfield to stat or to Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Chicago ranked eighth in passing efficiency defense last year and allowed the six fewest fantasy points to wide receivers so I think they are well positioned to defend how the Lions want to attack on offense and if you look at the other side of the ball you talked about, you know, Mitch Trubisky against the five teams that he faced outside of the top 20 in passing efficiency. He played really well. You know, he, he scored 20 fancy points, 20 fancy points, 21 fancy points, 28 fancy points with a, this is 33.1 touchdown to interception ratio. And, uh, you know, he had 13 and a half plus two, you know, in two rushing touchdowns. So, and last year, Detroit ranked 29th in passing efficiency defense. Uh, although their secondary looks a little different. Obviously, they got Okuda, and they got Stephen Trufant. They added uh, Duran Harmon. Uh, they, so they did, they did make some attempts to bolster their secondary. Uh, but they, they don't blitz. Detroit didn't blitz the least of any defense in 2019, and they rushed only three the most often. So Trubisky, his passer rating when clean and against no, brish, uh, no blitz, his, his passer rating in the four games uh, were 93, 87.5, 55.2 and 70.6. So three of those are really good numbers. So I think Trubisky has an opportunity here to be to play fairly well in his first game here against the Lions. You know, I, I think you just convinced me to put money on the Bears. I, I think you really did. I think that those are all good points. Ryan, what do you think? I'm the exact opposite. The, so you're putting money on the Lions? This is one of your teams? I, I'm not, I'm not going to bet this game because this is one that I've actually uh, kept a close eye on for a couple different reasons. Um, but – if, if gun to my head, I'm going the exact opposite route. I think all Adam's points are pretty compelling. Um, as far as why, um, it's, with all the lines, the opening lines, uh, this game moved more than any other game with the exception of the Steelers and the Giants. Uh, it basically opened up at like uh, minus half or a one, depending where you looked at it. You can get anywhere from three to three and a half now. Um, with now the Lions lane, you know, three to three and a half where you can get it. Um, with Matthew Stafford on the field last year, they were three, four, and one. With him off the field, over. 
I have that much faith in Matthew Stafford in Detroit. Um, second year under Matt Patricia. Without having David Montgomery there, you're going to rely on Tariq Cohen and the uncertainty of they just now named who their starting quarterback was going to be in Trubisky, which is a make-it-or-break-it scenario right now. I just don't – I don't have a lot of faith in that Chicago team. And because of the line movement on this, I, I gun to my head, I'm going to take Detroit. Um, right now it's about a 50-50 betting percentage with most of the sharp money on Detroit as well. Man, I mean, David Montgomery is going to play. He's just been banked up. Um, is he supposed I, to play? I thought, was out, was he, I thought he was out two to four weeks. Well, we need to double-check that then because maybe I was misinformed. Um, I, I think that – I think, Adam, you convinced me to put down money on him. I think you really did. Um, Ryan, what's your second game? My second game, and this is kind of going to be a hot take and not a popular one with a lot of different people, is – Saints versus the Bucks. Um, right now, the Saints are giving up three and a half at minus one ten against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Right now, the Tampa Bay Bucks are the the offseason darlings of the league. Each year, a different team gets anointed as the next Super Bowl team. This year, it's the Bucks with Brady and Gronk and everything coming back. Um, things like Lashawn McCoy and Leonard Fournette. There's a lot of name power star recognition there. But I think they follow the mold of, and I hate to say it, the Cleveland Browns last year of being that anointed team. Um, similar, similar to the Eagles dream team of the early 2000s with Michael Vick and all them. Um, I don't think that Brady fits the Arians type down the field offense and simple numbers are the reason why I'm taking this one. The Saints are the third highest team against the spread as of 2019 and that is with them having a lot of high profile games and a lot of action involved in every one of those games. Um, they've covered at a 65% clip, 11-6 last year on the season. Um, the Saints only got harder to defend, in my opinion, with Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they bolster a top 12 of 13 defense and a top three offense that, regardless of how good that young Tampa Bay Bucks defense looks on paper, it's going to be hard to go into New Orleans and pick apart Drew Brees in his swan song year. And I just that's where I'm putting my money on this one. You know what? I like that. I think you're right. I think that you're going to be paying a premium on the Buccaneers because they are the Buccaneers. Do you so know what I mean? My- that, that is my next point. Right now, 58% of the bets are on the Bucks. 66% of the money is on the Bucks. They're just the popular team to bet right now, driving that price. I yes. think you could actually get the Saints at a higher number and still feel really safe. If you wait. I think, yeah, I think that this, this, this spread is probably only going to go up um, in, the, in, the, in the Saints' favor. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I, I would lean New Orleans here. I would make this game, what, Five and a half or so. What's yep. it at now? It's at three and a half. Three and a half. So I got two points of line value. Um, one thing that that wasn't mentioned, Mike Evans you know, pulled his hammy or hurt yep. his hamstring here this that. week in practice. So he's most likely not going to play this week. Again, I'm, I'm going back to my point about betting against uncertainty. You got Tom Brady in a brand new offense with Bruce Arians with new weapons. He got a brand new running back in Leonard Fournette. And there's just no no time for really for all of this to come together. So I think there's going to be some growing pains with the Buccaneers early in this season. So I think we have a great opportunity to bet against Tampa Bay early in this season until they kind of figure out that offense. I think you're 100 percent right. We saw last year. I think I think it was last year. Adam, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it was two years ago where we were talking about betting the Alabama first half. We bet on the mm-hmm. Alabama first half like eight weeks in a row um, <laughs> because 
the, the Vegas couldn't keep up with the first half spread. The total game spread we kind of avoided. It was the yep. first half. They just because Alabama mm-hmm. was coming out and they were scoring points, and then they were just kind of falling apart. Um, not falling apart because Alabama, but you know what I mean. And uh, they it, it took Vegas forever to to, to catch back up. Um, so I, I I think you convinced me on that one, Ryan. My third game is Indianapolis Colts giving eight points to Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Um, I hate betting on the away team giving up so many points. I think this might be the biggest spread or the second biggest spread of the week next to the Chiefs. Um, but the Colts, I think that they upgraded quarterback with uh, Phillip Rivers compared to Jacoby Brissett last year. This spread last year was in the five, six, seven point range, and they upgrade. Phillip Rivers is definitely more than a field goal upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. So I feel like I'm getting a discount. The Jaguars are having a have had a fire sale all preseason. Leonard Fournette, Ronnie Harrison, uh, Unique Ngakwe. Uh, so I, I don't feel like there's any oomph for them to win these games so again I feel like that goes in my favor um like I said I just I, I expect the Colts I, I think the Colts are one of my favorite teams too so I, mm-hmm. I just feel like they're going to show up and this is a really good team to show up against so I'm going I'm leaning it I'm betting I bet I already put money on it on Indianapolis given eight points Adam what do you think this was actually going to be my next best bet uh, Hell so yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to dig a little deeper on on my next one but yeah I, for those same reasons I think I'm a big Frank Reich fan. Uh, I think he's a really, really underrated head coach. I think he's up there with the top five to ten or so uh, from you know from a head coaching perspective. I love Philip Rivers there over Jacoby Brissett. I think they're healthy for the first time in a while. T.Y. Hilton and Bear Scample most both missed games last year. I think they're they're both going to be suiting up. They're both 100% ready to go. Philip Rivers is going to have some weapons. You met Jonathan Taylor. Uh, obviously a huge stud. I'm a huge fan of Jonathan Taylor. I think he's a, a generational type back, similar to Saquon Barkley, similar, generational. similar to Christian McCaffrey, similar to Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's there. That's my opinion. Bro, your takes um, today. Your takes, man. So <laughs> I, I, he may not come in and rush for 200 yards this game, but I think he takes so – I, I think there's just a ton of talent there. I think he takes over this, this, uh, this running back position early in the season. Um, I'm just a big fan. I agree. I, I I was saying two or three months ago that this Jaguars team feels like a team that is really not trying to win this season. I think they're all in on Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or uh, I can't remember with Trey Lance. Um, yes. I feel like they're all in on one of those guys, and they're going to. They like you said, they've just kind of they're in a complete really rebuild mode right now, and I just I just don't think they're going to have enough pieces to, to really compete in the NFL this year. Uh, I'll take I'll take the Colts. I don't believe that their Jacksonville Jaguars are tanking. Uh, I do think that they're prepared to build for the future and throw this year aside. I do think that they're going to go out there and try to win. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I agree with every – other than that, I agree with everything you, you said. Uh, do I think that Jonathan Taylor is the next Walter Payton? Probably not. But I do think that he does add to that already pretty impressive skill position group. Uh, another guy you didn't mention was Michael Pittman Jr. Even though we don't see rookie wide receivers make a huge impact, he's going to be on the field and he is a threat. Uh, we saw Jack, Jack Doyle is going to be extremely – he's going to be healthy this year. That's a good check down option for him. This offensive line will be Phillip Rivers' best offensive line that he's had basically since LaDainian Thomas was playing with him with the Chargers. Quentin Nelson, I, I, I just I don't even know where to start. I, the, the, this Colts offensive line is finally good. And Phillip Rivers, people kind of – they call him check down Charlie and they make fun of him for, for dumping it off. But a lot of that was due to him being constantly pressured. Old Phillip Rivers um, back in the day would let it rip. And I think that you're going to see more of that this year. You know, we didn't even mention Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack's – we didn't even mention their defense – 
Their defense yeah. is good too. I mean, you know, their defense—they've they've improved across the entire roster. I think that the, if I had to pick a division winner, the Colts would probably be it. Um, but Ryan, what do you think? I agree with everything about it. I mean, if you just the writing's on the wall with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're three years removed from the AFC Championship game and and a possession from you know, usurping the, the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl. But since then, they, they don't have a, a first-round draft pick on the roster since 2014, uh, maybe even prior to that. Um, I think the Colts are a team on the rise. I don't know if I would say if it's specifically because of Phillip Rivers, because I think there's a still a lot to uh, figure out on that team. But I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a workhorse, and I think that's going to be enough to just – grind the Jaguars into the ground. I mean, they lost everything from Ngakwe to, you know, the flip side of the ball for the four net for them to at least control the pace of the game. So I like that, but um, that many points, that's tough. I would, I would, that would be a game that I would try to tease down a little bit. This is a game too, where I put that money on Monday. I don't yeah. know what it is now. And I expect this to only go up. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if this ends up by kickoff being the highest spread of the weekend. Um, Adam, so you said this was your third bet as well, right? Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you got? I got one more, and I think it's against the uh, grain here a little bit. I love everything about the uh, Carolina Panthers plus three against the Las Vegas Raiders in Carolina this weekend. Um, I know the Panthers are brand new at the helm. Um, it's, it's based off of one thing. The West Coast teams traveling to the East Coast have a horrible winning percentage. I want to say it's somewhere around 44 45%. Uh, last time I looked it up. Um, I think the Raiders are suffering. Offense are going to have to rely on uh, Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. I think uh, Derek Carr has got a lot to prove because he's got Mariota sitting behind him with the fat wallet because he just got paid. Mariota's hurt. He's on the uh, IR. I, I know that, but he's got the pressure of performing. Cause oh, people, are, they're looking yes. out from the yes. – okay, I understand. Yes. I, I, um, I just want to add, I, I was bummed when Mariota got hurt because I, I like Mariota. Oh, you love Mariota. That's, that's been well documented. But the point oh, I is, is I think Derek Carr's got all the pressure of performing. Um, and, you know, he's, he's losing Tyrell Williams. He's got – his receivers are Brian Edwards, rookie. Henry Ruggs, rookie. Darren Waller, famous for being a vagabond. Now, he's a great tight end, I think, now. And Josh Jacobs, who's a second-year uh, player, that defense has been uh, – Hunter Renfro. <laughs> okay. If I want a 5'8 wide receiver, I'll have you strap up something. Um, but I'll, I'll tra- strap traveling, traveling across the country week one to play Carolina in Carolina, I think Carolina is just a far much talented team, a, t- a team on the rise, Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're just – Loaded at wide receiver with a bunch of speed. Chris McCaffrey's impossible to guard. The one thing that that does scare me a little bit is the lack of defensive line and interior play with the loss of um, God. It's linebacker. I'm fruit. He's what's the linebacker? Keekly. Um, Luke Keekly. Thank you. Thank you. That's the only thing that's doing so me. well. You were doing so well there. You had me. I was this close to being like, oh, I'm going to put money in the Panthers right now. And then you forgot his name. And I was, like, well, I I was going to say Peppers, but I was like, damn, that was two years ago. I can't talk about Peppers. But no, the <laughs> loss of Keekly, you don't know what that defense is going to look like. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I think they transformed from a 4-3 to well, a 3-4 as well. No, but you, you said you are going to bet on the Panthers. That's my one concern. Yes, oh, I'm all over well, the okay, Panthers. Okay, my okay, one okay. concern is if the, the Panthers – 
the defense becomes this sieve. I think okay. it's going to go one of either way. I think it's going to be the Panthers all over the Raiders or the Raiders get Josh Jacobs loose and they're just going to basically grind it into the, the ground and play Gruden ball. Uh, I, dude, I, I, I think you sold me. I, that was the game I glanced at, but I didn't really have the balls to do it. But you're right. And basically, because you said your biggest concern was the same biggest concern as mine, which you just named all the offensive tools that the Raiders have. So not only does the Panthers defense have to completely suck, but the Raiders have to figure it out a little bit because they completely suck. And then I think that you're also also paying a little bit of a premium on the Raiders as well because they have all that hype surrounding them. So I, I think you've convinced so that's, me there. That's, that's my next point of it. So you got 60, 62% of the bets on the Raiders, 84% of the money on the Raiders. It's only going to drive the line even further. And I think I said it three points just a minute ago. You can get it three and a half right now in some spots. You're going to take the yeah. Panthers at home with three and a half every day, I think. I liked it. This was a good – so that was our three best bets. And I tell you what, guys, I think I only disagree with what? One? I think I only disagree with one Ryan pick. And I was pretty much sitting on Adam's face. I was so excited from his picks. The, and Adam, so Adam and I I'm, actually matched up on a pick. So we need yeah. like some kind of three theme music for when that happens, right? <laughs> I, I'm a three's company. <laughs> so I've got I've got the Raiders Panthers game. I I think the I think the spread's right. Um, I, I wouldn't. I'm not going to bet this game for the because of the, there's no line value in my model, but also because I think there's so much uncertainty in this game. You mentioned uh, Oakland, Las Vegas. Uh, they're going to be rolling out two rookie wide receivers in Brian Edwards and, and Henry Ruggs. Um, how's that going to look? I don't know. Uh, but my biggest concern is on, on the Carolina side. They got a rookie Can, head coach, you, Matt Rule. Are you, just, are you reiterating the wide receivers, or did you just not listen to Ryan? No, I listen. I'm oh. just saying that, that's <laughs> – what's that going to look like? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying there's, there's, uh, there's concerns for me on both sides of the ball. On, on Carolina's side, you got Matt Rule's first-year head coach. You got Joe Brady, first-year offensive coordinator. Both we from college, no clue. too. Yes, yep. both from college. We have no clue how that's going to translate into the NFL. This is the, the stat that concerns me the most. In the last two years, first-time head coaches in week one are 1-10-1 in those games. My God. I don't – you're right, but, man, I, I do think that Ryan has a I, – I still – Ryan has still convinced me because you have to think that we know that Matt Rule is a solid coach. Joe Brady we don't really know about because, you know, mm-hmm. let's say that – let's say that Joe, Joe Burrow is the greatest quarterback to ever play college football. But we're going right. to find out soon. Yep. And, and Joe Brady <laughs> – one of those – both of those guys can't be the best. So one of those, someone's going to get right. screwed in this deal, right? But yeah, Matt Rule, right. we know that Matt Rule is a good coach from all that he's done at Temple, Baylor, all that stuff. Uh, and it's going to take a complete fool to underutilize a talent like Christian McCaffrey. And we've seen Teddy Bridgewater playing. We know that he's not a mistake-ridden football player. We know that they got some gadget players in Curtis Samuel and a good number one deep threat in DJ Moore. And an offensive line that's not terrible. I, I still think that this is a very – solid bet and then when you mix in the travel that ryan was referring to with the west coast to the east coast i think that that's valid as well and plus we don't really know what's going on in vegas uh we know we've heard rumors about lynn bowden not being able to handle the vegas lifestyle i I don't know is that they shipped him him off yes they did and that's not a good sign that's a guy they spent a third round i don't think that's a great sign third round or fifth rounder third they they Which, they drafted him in the third. They traded, they they traded him for a fourth, and then they gave up a fifth. sixth as well. Fifth, and they gave up a sixth. How do you think okay. that's a great that's a great sign? Let's argue about oh. this, dude. Okay, you so, draft a guy. You draft a guy in the third round. Who who <laughs> who? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I already cut you off because I'm I'm already upset. Go on, Adam. 
No, I, I know what you're going to say, but here's my, here's my argument. So if, if Las Vegas knows already that he's not the guy, why, why hang on to him? Why wait in three years when there's going to be no market for him? Go ahead and get something back. At least you're getting something back from that pick, whereas in three years, if he busts, he's walking in free agency and you get nothing out of it. And so maybe he's a, a cancer fifth, to the team. They got a fifth rounder for him. A fifth. Mm-hmm. And they had to give him a sixth rounder too. So you trade right. up a third and a sixth for a fifth rounder. You're telling me that if he completely sucks and he sits the bench, that someone else is going to at least give you a sixth rounder for him? How much further could his stock fall, A? B, how do you know he's not the right fit for you? You're talking about a guy that – played wide receiver, quarterback, and running back for Kentucky last year. So never really had a position. So you drafted him knowing that you had to figure out what to do with him. And you gave it a month. You gave it I'm a month you. to figure out where to put this peg, and you gave up, right? I'm saying and let's, say, let's say he is a cancer. Let's say he – one yeah. more thing. You said he was a – let's say he is a cancer. That's also your goddamn fault. You interviewed him. You had the entire offseason. The guy – I think the guy has so, a face tattoo. You so. should have figured it out. You should have known it. So I got Mike Mayock's statement right here. He said it's 100% because of his on-field play and trying to figure out where to put him had nothing to do with his off-the-field character issues. That's okay. stupid. That, that makes no sense to me. You drafted – because you knew that. It's not like if you, it's not like the Browns drafting Greedy Williams or, or it's not like the Browns drafting Grant Delpit and being like, okay, we got a new defensive coordinator. Or you're, I'm trying to think of a good example. Hassan Reddick. Let's use Hassan Reddick or, or, or Deion Buchanan. Some of these guys that are tweeners where you switch over a coach – and you're like, well, this guy doesn't fit my system. No, dude, he did, you knew what he was when you drafted him. He didn't have a position at Kentucky. You drafted him because he's electrifying when you put the ball in his hands. It's your job to figure out how we can do that, right? And they, didn't, they gave it a month, dude. They gave it a month. It, didn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. That completely and utterly falls on them. That makes no sense to me. It makes none, none at all, right? I mean, doesn't that kind of frustrate you? And then – I that to, I compl- have no respect for that at all. You gave it a month to figure out what to do with the guy. Could you imagine if the Steelers did that with Heinz Ward? Heinz Ward was a quarterback at Georgia. Could you imagine that? I mean, come on, right? That's what I mean, Antoine kudos, Randall out. Kudos, mean, kudos to Mike Mayock. He got come. He he got brought into a high profile job to fix it overnight. He made a pick and he's already done with it. I mean, kudos. No. Dude. Yeah, I mean, decisions go quick. You I mean, shouldn't the, get credit for failing. You shouldn't, especially this fast. It doesn't look good on his part, but if it ends up panning out to getting rid of him is better than keeping him, we don't know that yet. So, okay. If, he, if Lynn Bowden is active for the Dolphins, active for the Dolphins, <laughs> they win. They win. It was a bad trade for the Ra- – it just doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense to me. You didn't, even, you didn't even give him a shot. You didn't even give him a tra- chance. Right? Does that, make, does that make sense? I feel like I'm not fully letting you guys know how – Freaking frustrated I am with this. No, I oh, get they it. Had him, they had him for five months. It's not like they, you know. How long? Had him was he, he was in pads May, for five months. June, whatever it was. At he least was not months. in the building that long. He was, they have not been practicing that long. You're talking, about a guy, you're talking about a guy who's first started quarterback. He didn't attempt to pass against Missouri in the pouring rain. And he had like 300 rushing yards. What? Dude, that doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you going to do? It, just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes none. It's almost as ludicrous as when the when Stephen Hill went in the second round and the Jets were mad that he sucked. You drafted a wide receiver from a triple option offense. What did you think was going to happen? I don't understand. I don't understand the thought process behind it. You knew what he was. Nothing about what they've said about Lynn Bowden surprises me. Unless unless he's going even just not nothing. It doesn't make any sense at all. Even if he is a piece of shit, 
you should have known that. That's still your fault. You should have a talk, conversation with him and figure it out if he's a piece of shit or not before you take him. Just didn't make any I, sense to me. I don't disagree with. If you want to argue that that he was a bad draft choice or draft pick, I I would I would not argue that with you. Uh, but I do I do think there's something to say about a team that's willing to to make a decision like that to where they realize, okay, this guy is not what we thought. He's not the right fit. Why keep him around? Let's get something back out of him and let's move on. Yeah, if they know, they know. I agree with Adam 100% on that. I don't think his stock would fall any further than a fifth rounder. And they gave up uh, – I, again, I can't emphasize this enough. They also gave him a sixth rounder for that fifth rounder. <laughs> like, you know get him, get like, him off my team. I they they right. sound really convinced of something. We got, I yeah. tell you what, we got, we got Donovan James in the chat. Okay, so if he's nice. still watching, Donovan, let us know your opinion on the Lynn Bowden trade because I, I would be willing to bet that someone who has been close to college football as him would have a better idea. Just, that's just who he was. It just doesn't make any sense, man. It doesn't make any sense. But, all right, moving on. Again, this is the Browns Wire podcast. We are live on Facebook. We're cruising. We're moving. We just got done with our NFL best bets. We went on a little bit of a Lynn Bowden tangent. Uh, now we're going to move on to college, boys. You guys excited? I'm excited for you. Adam Adam has checked out at this point. But Adam's <laughs> you're Adam, I'm gonna make you say stuff though. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you contribute, whether you like it or not. You're betting advice. Let's first of all, let's recap my last week. I went one of three last week, but let me explain to you why it wasn't my fault. Okay. <laughs> so Southern Miss went out and got destroyed by University of South Alabama, who was terrible last year. Um, Southern Miss had some players uh, opt out which isn't good for a program that's Southern Miss. Um, they end up firing Jay Hobson, the head coach, the day after they lost. So I take some solace in that. I don't want to see anybody lose their job, but if I'm going to lose money, I do. Does that make sense? For sure. So <laughs> your, 50, to me, your 50 bucks is worth more than that. his livelihood. Screw it, dude. Screw it, dude. That makes – to me, it feels like I broke even. <laughs> <laughs> So, and then moving on, um, Texas State, we talked about one of the reasons why I bet against them was that their team was riddled with COVID, or so we thought, or they were in quarantine or whatever. <laughs> one, of the, one of the players quarantined was Tyler Vitt, who was the starting quarterback from last year. Now, Texas State was a team that had very few returning starters anyways. Now you're taking away their starting quarterback? Cha-ching! So I thought. Texas State has a Memphis transfer in Brady McBride which to me sounds like a fake name, who absolutely destroyed it. And the Texas State offense looked super uber competitive against SMU to the point where I actually sat back realizing I lost my bet going, wow, this is a good team. Wasn't even upset. <laughs> that's how good they looked. So, again, I don't think that that's my fault either. Um, BYU won, though. BYU smashed them. I wish I would have poured more money on that. But we're moving on to this week. I do want to also add a fun fact. Teams that had more spring practices – Went 4-0, both against the spread and straight up this past week. What? Makes, Didn't uh, know that. Oh, you that can a lot of sense. suck it. Oh, I mean, my I God. I mean, after the fact, this? that makes – I mean, if you knew that knowledge going into it, I think you would consider that into the bet. All these bets, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how much they practice. Duh. <laughs> I mean, that's not a mind-boggling thing to even say. I can't believe that the teams who practice more were better. Yeah, no kidding. Dude, you guys can – no one said – no one had this guy – okay, I'm sorry, Adam, because your best piece of advice last week in regard to college football was like, well, who are their backup quarterbacks? Who are their – I don't – I can't give – I got to I gotta do all my data and make sure I understand who all 130 backup quarterbacks are. 
that was your big piece of information instead of bringing the practice to the forefront. You let, you let me, we, you guys as a group have also let me down. Well, Moving talk on. to, talk to me on Monday and see if we let you down in the NFL. Okay. All right. I'm not as passionate about betting one double A teams as you are. Sorry. Right? Not one, not one double A. I don't bet on one double A teams cause I don't know enough about them. Uh, Ryan is looking at his clock. He's telling me to move on. So I'll go ahead and give you my best bet. Is that, is that what that was? <laughs> no, that's what no. Was? Actually, I, cl- I, I, closed, I, I closed a ring by sitting here. I don't know which one though, but I'll, I'll figure it out for you. Oh, okay. Uh, Adam, you don't have a bet. You don't have any best bets, right? But Ryan, you have three. I've no, got I've, two or three college ones that I like. Cool. Yes. Bad, no, I don't you have, have any yet. I'll give you. Right, I'll give you a couple in a couple of weeks once the data starts going. Up. That's fine. That's no problem at all. I'm still going to ask you to critique mine. My first bet: um, North Carolina given 22 and a half stupid. to Syracuse. Just so stupid. <laughs> oh, that is that what you were looking for? <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for. I appreciate it. This is a game. Uh, I was actually pretty confident on this game. There's two games I was really confident on. The third one was like, oh, I think I'm going to do it. Uh, but yeah, North Carolina given two, 22 and a half to Syracuse. Syracuse had three practices compared to North Carolina zero, so I'm already starting off on the opposite foot. But with that <laughs> said, if anybody didn't need spring practice, you would think it would be the team returning Sam Howell, who, again, yeah. is headstrong, ready to take on anyone. Okay, yes. <laughs> threw for, He threw for 3,641 yards last year. I think he's arguably the best quarterback in the country, only a sophomore, so you know he's going to grow from there. They had two 1,000-yard receivers in Daz Newsom and Diami Brown, and then two rushers uh, in – who combined for 1,936 yards, so they didn't quite hit that 2,000-yard yard, yard mark each, but that's damn close, and they would have been the first team to do it in the FBS in like 25 years. So if anybody doesn't need spring practice, you would think it would be that group of guys. And Syracuse is just pitiful. Syracuse had two defensive ends last year as we were going into the season, and Adam, you'll remember this. I gave them both uh, early round grades, and they were still terrible. The Syracuse was still terrible. So, I mean, really, the only bright side of Syracuse's team is that their kicker is a Lou Groza award winner. Well, that dude can't play quarterback and wide receiver and defensive tackle. So, I feel like 22 and a half points is a lot, but I'm going to roll with it. Now, I do want to also add that this is the largest that North Carolina has been favored by in, I think, the last decade. Um, and they only, beat, they only beat one team by three touchdowns last year, and it was North Carolina State. But, again, Syracuse is bad. Syracuse is really bad. So, I do have a lot of faith in this bet. Adam, what, what do you got from what I just told you? How much? <laughs> no, no, here's the thing. Uh, so you're you're telling me that I have hot takes by saying Jonathan Taylor is a generational running back, but you're sitting there telling me North Carolina's sophomore quarterback's the best player in the country. I think you could make an arguable case. So I mean, I do I do my top ten positional rankings for the draft every year. I put Sam Howe on my top ten quarterbacks list because that's how talented I believe he is. I think that you can make a solid argument that he could be if I mean Joe Burrow wouldn't have been Joe Burrow no one would have said Joe Burrow this time last year I think mm-hmm. Sam Howell is very I didn't like Sam Howell going into last year I didn't think he was going to be the number one quarterback for North Carolina I Actually, was all over him I, I that's I, I was not matter of fact it was Donovan James who said you need to rethink that and uh, he did he I mean Sam Howell just he lit it up he lit it up and he's returning all the weapons he had last year um so I again I that's who I'm going with. So you actually took one of my bets. That was one of the games that I was all really? over. Really? That's I great. Back, I am backing you 100% on that. Um, being that Sam Howell decommitted, decommitted from Florida State and went to That's North right. Carolina, I've I followed that. him since high school. I do think he's a top 10 caliber quarterback. And let's not forget that he was one play call away from upsetting Clemson last year. 
That's right. So I, I think he as he is as uber talented as, I mean, a year, two years from now, when when it's his his draft stock is up, I think we're talking about him as being a, a first two rounder, if not higher, depending on how his play rolls out uh, in the next season or so. But I'm all over the 22 and a half, sometimes 23 points, depending on where you can get it, just based off of the monumental downfall that Syracuse football has had since two years ago. And they went what 10 and two or whatever the case may be. Right. Right. Or 10 and three. Right. Yeah. Sam Howell. I, I, I think that by the end of this year, it wouldn't be insane. And I say this as a Justin Fields fan that Sam Howell is the best quarterback in college football. I don't think he is right now, but I don't think it's insane. A lot of the tools are there. Uh, six foot two, 225 pounds. I hate to say it Browns fans, but if Baker sucks, this might be somebody you stand out. He's the a barrel. gamer. He is. He the kid is. He's a good. Gamer. He's accurate. He's big. He's strong. Mm-hmm. He's uh, pretty athletic. Um, there's a lot to like. Um, let's not let's not forget. This is the second year under Mac Brown as well. So it's only going to move on from there. I think. Absolutely. Um, so that was your first game as well. That was my actually one of my two favorite games of the week. Believe it or not. Really? Okay. Yes. Awesome. I'll go ahead and name my second game then. Um, Florida State giving twelve and a half to Georgia Tech at Florida State. Um, you were going to pick this one too? Yeah. We're on the same page, bro. We're on the same page. Now, again, this is another one I'm going against that original grain. Georgia Tech had six spring practices to Florida State's three, but that's not a huge difference, obviously. Um, and Florida State does I, – I, I think it's inarguable that Florida State does have a much larger talent gap. Uh, Mike Norvell, I think that he is going to come out hot. You see a lot of first-year head coaches in college football. It's the opposite of the NFL. They come out and they pour a lot of points on the board and they start out hot and heavy. That was actually one of the things that people dinged Ryan Day on. Uh, and I remember Brad Powers talking about this um, on a podcast last year, is that is Ohio State that good because – Ryan, you, you, your assumption is Ryan Day was trying to pour it on. And if you guys remember at Florida Atlantic, they didn't. The Ohio State didn't even beat the spread. Uh, so first, my point is first-year head coaches at a new place usually try to pour it on. Uh, Mike Norvell is also the quarterback whisperer. You look at all the quarterbacks he had at Memphis. He was able to fool every NFL GM into thinking Paxton Lynn, which was a first-rounder. Um, Riley Ferguson broke all of his records before after that. And then Brady White broke all his records after that. And then he was producing them in Arizona State too. So I think if anybody's going to fix – Blackman, it's Norvell because Blackman does have a lot of talent there. Another thing, too, Florida State is in the top five of returning starters. They have seven returning stars on offense mm-hmm. and ten returning stars on defense. Now, Georgia Tech is also in the top ten or five of returning stars. But, again, when you talk about that talent gap and you talk about that talent returning, I, I just think there's, there's just nowhere to go. Um, to remind you of that talent gap, Georgia Tech was 125th in yards per play – I'm sorry, yards per game last year. Obviously, there's only 130 teams, so that is not very good. Now, the prospect I want to watch, we're talking about Sam Howell from North Carolina. I do want to add Marvin Wilson from defensive tackle from Florida State, 6'5", 310-pound senior. Um, I think he would have been a first, an early-round pick last year, possibly a first-round pick if it wasn't for him hurting his hand. Uh, he is a total package on the interior. I don't think I think he's unblockable, especially for Georgia Tech. Uh, and this is a, a name that the Browns, fan, Browns fans really want to watch because he is definitely headstrong, ready to take on anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just like 2001, 2002 flashbacks every time you talk. That's like only, every time. That, that's the only song lyric I can think of right now. Uh, Adam, <laughs> we got any thoughts on that? No, just tell me where to where to put my money, dog. <laughs> well, I don't know who the backup quarterback is. So, <laughs> well, shit. Never mind. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, what do you so, so Ryan? Did I say? Did I say? So anything? this this was my other game as well. Um, it it, it breaks, We're killing it, dude. It it 
boils down to uh, the Mike Norvell edition. Anything is better than the coaching that they've had there the last two years. Uh, obviously, it's uh, last two years were the worst team that they put on the field in almost 40 years. I'm sitting here with my Florida State Seminoles Fear the Spear hoodie on. Uh, it's <laughs> funny that we uh, funny that we segue straight from the Carolina Sam Howell to James Blackman in this. Uh, I was praying that I would never see James Blackman on the field because of Sam Howell, but here we are continuing to chuckle on. I think it boils down to the talent. Florida State has always seemed to put some talented guys on the field. Marvin Wilson, to me, is an absolute man amongst boys. I mean, That's fair. he – dominates the line. Uh, they had major injuries to their front line last year. And I think aside from Wilson, from one end to the other, they have some guys that are really going to control the line of scrimmage. Now, as far as Florida State's offense, I mean, they got scary Terry that they're going to try and get the ball to. They let go of their five-star um, uh, uh, recruit running back. Um, came, uh, what's his name? Starts with a K. I have no idea. Regardless, though. Regardless, uh, they're they're looking at the next backup, coming off of a, a string of Cam Akers, Dalvin Cook, you know, Devonta. They're pumping Freeman. them out. Yeah, yeah they, I mean, they've, I they've mean, been pumping them out for for ten years. They don't have that in their offense this year. So if James Blackman can be a pro style quarterback in that offense under Mike Lordavell, the quarterback whisper, we're going to find out week one. And I think uh, 12, 12 and a half points is extremely fair against a Georgia Tech team that uh, I think is running up against something here in Florida State. Yeah, and to add Marvin, to Marvin Wilson's impact, obviously you guys get figured out by now that quarterbacks are worth a lot. Sam Howell's probably worth the whole touchdown. Marvin Wilson is worth at least a field goal. That's how, that's how impactful he is. And he was out for a good chunk last year due to his hand injury. So I don't think that that is countered into the spread. Uh, my third game, my last game, a game that I was kind of in between on, and I'll explain why. Coastal Carolina getting seven points from Kansas, okay? Here, check it out, check it out, check it out. Coastal Carolina had 15 spring practices compared to Kansas's zero. This is the largest difference amongst all the games this year. Now, Coastal Carolina actually won this game last year, 12 to seven. <clears throat> That's actually why I didn't want to bet on Coastal Carolina because I thought, well, Les Miles is in Kansas. If Les Miles is in Coastal Carolina twice, back to back years, well, that hype train is gone off the track. So you would think it'd be it's impossible, but. It just everything seems to float Coastal Carolina's way. Again, more spring practices. They won last year. Kansas allowed 36 points per game last year, which is 128th in collegiate football. Their FBS, again, only 130 teams, so that's not very good. So we know Coastal Carolina, that defense is probably no better, and Coastal Carolina is going to put points on the board just because Kansas sucks. Now check it out. The number one prospect for that game, not from the Big 12, not from Kansas, is Taron Jackson from Coastal Carolina, the defensive end, 6'2", 265 senior. Honestly, he could have left last year and been selected early. The dude had 10 sacks last year. He's, he is unstoppable. We're talking about a guy that could step in and play for Ohio State and be an impact guy. There's not a lot of Power 5 conference tackles that can block him. So we talked about how Kansas' defense blows, and we talked about how Coastal Carolina has an absolute game wrecker on the defensive side to stop Kansas's already pretty pedestrian offensive attack. So I'm going with Coastal Carolina getting the seven points. And by the way, the money is going on Kansas because this spread – or no, the money actually – yeah, the money's going on Kansas because the spread started out – I think it opened up at three and a half. So I don't really know why. But, like I said, everything is pointing Coastal Carolina's direction. Adam? I, I just want to know where you're getting your spring uh, practice data. 
That is actually a really good question. Oh my god! Someone tweeted it out. Um, someone tweeted out a graph earlier today. My phone just died. If I can tell you, if you if you ask me tomorrow, I'll be able to tell you. But there's a graph. There's a graph on Twitter, and I, it's it's a damn shame that I can't share it to you guys. Now I will. I do remember that the the person who said it that they tweeted out is on sportswagertalk.com. So I think it's maybe it's Ralph Michaels, one of those uh, handicappers, but they tweeted out their spring practices. And he didn't tweet it out until after he also realized that people that had more spring practices were winning games. So he was like, maybe I should jump on this. Um, there were a couple other rather large discrepancies. I think Arkansas State had seven more than whoever they're playing. Again, I, I had it written down, but my phone – or I had it – Mark down here, but my phone was dying. But this was by far the biggest, fifteen to zero. And we're talking about a Kansas team who sucked last year, who who needs that time, that extra time to prep, right? And they didn't get it. They just didn't get it. And they they again they lost to this team last year, and they're getting seven points, <laughs> money. Ryan, you have anything to add there? I have nothing on that game. Uh, I mean, staying out of the, the Power Five and any kind of top 25 relevant matchup, that's completely out of my realm. I have one more bet, but uh, that's up to you. Let's hear it. So I want to be able to put some money on both the uh, college game and the NFL game tomorrow, all over the Chiefs and their nine points. I'm all over uh, Hurricanes versus UAB. It's not so much the game. Right now, Miami's giving up 14 and a half. It's the uh, the over under that I found intriguing. Um, reason Ooh. being, yes, over under some places is uh, anywhere from fifty three and a half to fifty four and a half, depending on where you can get it. Um, Miami has made that turnover chain the most annoying thing in sports, if not college sports. Um, they have basically remarketed their franchise off of creating havoc, all the, the early nineties Hurricanes. They're all about forcing turnovers, flying over the field, playing fast football, but they lost a lot of guys on the defensive line and their, their defensive uh, team last year. With that being said. And opted out. Gregory, Gregory Russo opted out. And Gregory Russo opted out. Um, Pick, um, Michael Pinkney and Jonathan Garvin are the other names that I have listed here. They also exited the program. So I think you had anywhere from 25 to 30 sacks leaving that team as of last year. So um, – Derek King is a fun, fun, fun football player to watch, I think. I'm not sure if he's going to be anything in the NFL, but he's a perfect uh, uh, college quarterback. Uh, plus, uh, I believe with that UAB team and him finally getting some exposure and some time under center, there's going to be a lot of offensive production. Um, it's my understanding that um, – is it Lachey? How do you pronounce his name, the offensive coordinator for UAB? Oh, Lashley. Brett Lashley. Lashley, thank you. Lashley is uh, notorious for putting up a top 25 uh, rate of play numbers with his offenses. So they're going to go fast. And I think that uh, benefits uh, Derek King and the lack of any kind of youth or lack of any kind of uh, uh, senior stability and youth on the Miami team. So it'll give you something to look at. I don't know if I'm going to pick either side of it, but I have some points going on a college football board on a Thursday night. I'll be happy to bet on it. I put money on Miami. I already put money on Miami. This is a game that I, I put money on it before I saw the spring practice stats. Um, I still stand by it. Miami giving 14 and a half um, for all the reasons you just listed. And I do appreciate you pronouncing Derek King right, by the way. I <laughs> caught that. Most people don't because it trips people up. Everybody pronounces it D-Eric. But no, it's just Derek. It's just Derek. Um, 
but yeah, for all the, I think he's explosive. Um, they still have the other defensive end that's still playing there. Uh, Jordan Brevin, the tight end, who's very yep. talented, is still there. Talk about a first round level ta- uh, tight end. Um, the only part, the reason I didn't bring up as one of my best bets is that UAB had nine spring practices compared to Miami's. Like I think Miami also had zero. Um, and UAB played last week. Now UAB looked like mm-hmm. crap. Um, but they still played. So that game experience to me is kind of questionable. Again, I do want to add, I put money on this game. It's in 14 and a half points. I'm giving it away, but I, I do want to be realistic as why I didn't put it as one of my best bets. The UAB does have a very talented running back in Spencer Brown, but again, Miami's defense is good. Miami's defense has always been good. You're, you're absolutely right. So if Derek King can pop, and Brevin Jordan, he has a connection with Brevin Jordan. I think I, I think we both win money fairly easily. Adam, did you have anything to add to that game? I think that was a good one. Yeah, no, I got nothing to add. All right, you guys want to move on to some DFS, uh, some fantasy football tips? Let's get sure. fantastical. All right, let's touch tips. All right, so everybody, what we're going to do is we're going to give out our let's, – let's first make it Cleveland Browns focus. We're going to give out our Cleveland Browns fantasy pick. This was really hard for me because, A, I'm not a fantasy football guru. Okay, and B, I was trying to find someone underrated or like you know underutilized, right? I try to look outside the top ten. So, for instance, my my overall player that I picked is way outside the top twenty-five for his position, uh, based on price. But I couldn't really do it for the Browns, so I, I just had Nick Chubb, sixty-five hundred bucks on DraftKings. You know he's going to score twenty points. We talked about him being kind of the focal point of the offense. Um, I, I that that was kind of my best bet, but that's a very obvious point. Every very obvious pick. I've I've got one right out the gate, and, and Adam already kind of mentioned earlier when we were going over the matchup. Uh, he was talking about Jarvis Landry working underneath. Um, believe it or not, Jarvis Landry actually averaged more fantasy points per game last year, which makes OBJ the number two receiver. Oh, my gosh. We didn't even talk about OBJ. I had to work it in, man. How did we not get there? You know what's weird about that too, and I'm glad I'm glad that we you brought it up because I completely forgot. We've been so focused on football that we forgot about bringing up OBJ's weird fetish. But listen. I don't Alleged, think allegedly. I don't think it's that bad. If you look at it through the right lens, Adam, you perv. Okay, what, what lens is it not that bad? Okay, so like you have to remember that he's a superstar athlete. So women are just constantly flocking his DMs. I'm, I, would, I would venture to say he's probably getting 100 to 250 DMs a day, okay? okay. So he, he gets his pick of the litter, right? So he's so used to regular sex – that he's got to go extreme with it, bro. You know what I mean? You ever see Tony Atlas, the old wrestler, talk about his fetish? Tony mm. Atlas t- Tony Atlas would talk uh-huh. about these wrestling – Tony Atlas, Google it. He would talk about these wrestling groupies, and he was very open about the fact that when women would come to his room, he would say, I want you to walk on my, walk on my face. That was his fetish. And they were like, why? And he's like, well, I've had regular sex a million times. I don't want that. I want someone to step on my face. Right? So we don't understand where OBJ is coming from because if I'm getting missionary twice a week, that's a good week for me. Right? <laughs> I mean, but, it's hard to compare the two, but they're literally – We just don't know. As a, as, as a toilet seat. I mean, I, I tweeted earlier – He's taking it up a notch, bro. If, if Baker Mayfield doesn't come out on the football field this Sunday and audible to the rolling brownout – while they're in the red zone at some point in time, then I don't know anything about sports and I don't know anything about dudes busting other dudes' balls. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. And I do (laughs) also want to add love is love and love is inappropriate sometimes. All jokes aside, OBJ is the name value, 5,900 bucks on DraftKings. 
Jarvis Landry, also 5900 bucks on DraftKings, and produced more fantasy points total and for his fantasy points per game last year. So That's cheaper than my That's pick. That's where I'm going to put my money because he's not going to be getting shadowed by Marlon Humphrey. and uh, He's not. Yeah. You're right. Adam, you look disgusted by what I said. Is it wrong? No. I'm just saying just, we can't we can't I relate can't. to him. We can't relate. No, we can't. But I just cannot imagine a world where I would be into that. He gets it so much that he has to take I, it to an extreme, still, bro. Still, so, take- I mean, I had my daughter shit on me last night. She's two <laughs> years old. I didn't pay for it, and I got no gratification. I don't know what he's into, but it's a completely different. Thing. <laughs> Well, it's definitely a completely different thing. Well, I don't know. You ever you ever sit on your hand, make it go asleep, stranger in the dark? No. Oh, dude, the Cleveland Steamers. <laughs> there's all kinds of things we could do on this one. All right, never mind. We're making Adam uncomfortable. Adam, no, you're, what, you're you, good. You're good. What, so, what, do you, what is your daily fantasy pick for the Browns? So you Brown specific. I'm going to go Nick Chubb. Uh, so and I and I've talked about it a little bit here. I don't think the matchups are good for Odell or Jarvis. Even if you know if Jarvis does get down into the slot, he's going to be dealing with. Uh, with Marlon Humphrey, you got Marcus Peters outside on on OBJ. I talked about how the Ravens like to run dime and nickel quite a bit. I think there's uh, an, you know a matchup opportunity there. I think it's, I think it's really the Cleveland's only plus matchup um, on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen Nick Chubb go you know go pretty much go off last year against this same defense. Yes, uh, Kareem Hunt. You know, obviously he's going to be on the field quite a bit. We did see last year that Nick Chubb could be um, successful with with Cream Hunt, you know, in the picture. Uh, there were a couple of duds out there that, that Nick Chubb had with Cream Hunt there, but he did still put up a couple of twenty plus uh, DraftKings point games with Cream Hunt. And um, you know, I just don't think I just don't think the matchup sets well for sets up well for Hunt. So I don't think the Browns would be smart to use him all that much. Uh, I think they're the Brad the the Ravens are in the top ten as far as like defending pass catching running backs. So I just don't think there's going to be really a whole lot to exploit. I think the the exploitation for the Browns is is up the middle with Chubb. I, I like that. Like I said, I, I for all the reasons you just said, I like Chubb as well. I did like the Jarvis Andrew pick. Um, I you know with OBJ, OBJ is going to get the bracket. He's going to get mm-hmm. he's going to get the main focus. So I do still think that the the Jarvis Andrew pick is a valid pick. But let's go ahead and move on to the overarching our DFS sleeper for the entire NFL. Check it out. I'm going to go with CD Lamb. $4,100 against the Rams. We know he's going to be in the slot. They drafted him in the first round. They got to ease him into it. I, I just I, there's rumors all camp that him and Dak have this have already have a really unique connection. Um, all he's got to do is get you nine points, and then he's already hit. You've already cashed with him on a double double for a tournament. All he's got to get is 12 points, right? Am I doing the math right there, Adam? Yeah. So that's really not a whole lot. You're talking about a touchdown and a couple receptions for the rookie against a, a, not a very good team in the Rams. So I, I feel like that he's like, I think he's like the 30th, 30th highest oh, charge wide receiver too, maybe in the forties. Like it's, he's way down there. It yeah. almost doesn't go any lower. Um, what'd you guys think about that pick? I like it. There's uh he's up there on my list as far as value um, for wide receivers. And if you look, look to week one last year, you had two rookie receivers, show up on a, uh, a Millie Maker team and Marquise Brown. And I can't, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. Was it Hawkinson? No, it wasn't Hawkinson. A- uh, there was another receiver. Anyway, uh, Marquise Brown, you know, obviously went off last year. I think I think there's uh, a similar type of, you know, fit there for Lamb. I think he's a guy who 
you know, he's not going to get the, 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 the overarching coverage that, uh, that Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup is going to see. I think there's going to be opportunity for him to pop off. I think the, the, the Dallas Rams game has an opportunity to really kind of score, get, get a lot of points scored. So there could be just be quite a bit of opportunity for Lamb. I, I like the pick. Ryan, what do you think? I don't hate it one bit. I mean, it, as long as you're going to get uh, two to three to one on their value, I actually have the Cowboys and the Rams um, in a quite entertaining game on Monday night. Uh, Cowboys giving up two and a half points. I, for whatever reason, I just have the Cowboys winning um, pretty easily, even in Los Angeles in that game. I don't know if it's going to be CeeDee Lamb, but for that value and for that week one shot, it, it doesn't hurt one bit at all. Who's your and uh, who's your big sleeper? Your big uh, I, I don't know if you would call it a sleeper, but it, it is kind of a value pick based off of uh, game script and a couple other items. But uh, Tariq Cohen, mm. uh, right now he's at forty nine hundred on uh, DraftKings. Um, they're going against what is last year's twenty ninth ranked um, defense against a running back. Um, the uh, Montgomery injury is validated. Yes, he's still listed as questionable, but he's still probably going to be out anywhere of two to four weeks. Um, I have the Bears trailing in that game or chasing on the road against Detroit. So it's going to be a lot of ways of trying to get a, a talented playmaker like Cohen back into the groove because he may need to be used and serviced for two to four four weeks. So um, right now he's averaging on last year uh, 10.2 points per game, fantasy point uh, per game as far as DraftKings. I could see a 20 to a 25-point game pretty easily for him in that game script against that defense. Yeah. Right now, the over-under there is at 44 points. I actually have that game going higher than that. I, I believe it's going to be a shootout with Matthew Stafford going off. Adam, what do you think about that? I, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I, I Yeah. I don't know if it was somebody. I, I mean, I have him as far as, like, just pure value, like at 15th, somewhere in that range. So who, um, who's your big sleeper? So I, I'll give you a couple. So I'll give you kind of one at the top end, and that's going to be Dalvin Cook. And I'm saying Dalvin Cook because – and we talked a little bit about the success that he had seen against the Packers last year. Green Bay didn't do a whole lot to solidify their rush defense. And I think Dalvin Cook's going to be under-owned compared to CMC and Saquon Barkley. So I think there's a real good leverage spot at the top tier of this running back class. Um, as we move kind of down in price, I, I really like Calvin Ridley this week against Seattle – I think um, when you look when you're looking at wide receivers or we're looking at pass catchers, I think you're really looking for a narrow distribution of targets, and I think you have that in Atlanta. Uh, I think the really with Austin Hooper gone, Hayden Hurst is new, but I, I think Matt Ryan is really going to be you know focused on getting the ball to the two people that he's most familiar with. That's Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Uh, if you look at what happened last year, Week One against Seattle, you had you had the Cincinnati Bengals put up like what over 30 points against Seattle in week one. And the way you kind of explain that is Seattle is a, you know, they, they're very like communication based defense, especially in the secondary. So week one, without really having a whole lot of uh, time on the field to kind of mesh with each other, I think there's opportunities for communication breakdowns. You get wide receivers to spring a, just kind of spring a leak there. And and that's what you saw last year uh, with John Ross and Tyler Boyd and all those guys going off against Seattle. Um, I think that point is exasperated here a little bit with no preseason, with everything going on in COVID. you got new defensive backs in that system. I think it's a big learning period. I think there's going to be hurdles along the way. 
I think there's a I, – I love I, – I would even consider putting Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones on the same team in DFS and just try to capture all the points in that Atlanta offense. Um, and hopefully, you know, they, they, get, they score 60, 70 points in that game. If you're How looking many, at a – go ahead. What, what, what is Ridley rated price-wise? Like what number is he – he's 6, outside the – is that outside the top ten? Um, he's gosh, like twelve. Uh, I got him at twelve. Like 12. Wow! So you could you could six hundred. So you could theoretically get CD Lamb, Calvin Ridley, and still afford Lamar Jackson and CMC. You're you're yeah, punting that's... somewhere else. That's for right. sure. We are punting on the defense and the tight end. Well, so I got so, a, I got a good tight end punt for you. Okay, Chris Herndon. Yep. We talked about it. There's there's no one else in New York. Uh, Jamison Crowder. Uh, yeah, there's just there's nobody else to throw the ball to in New York. Chris Herndon, I think, is um, you know he, I think he was top ten or twelve in yards after the catch per reception last year in the limited games that he did play. If there's a spot in that Buffalo defense where you can take advantage of it, it's in the middle. You know, against those linebackers, I just don't think there's going to be any room to work outside the numbers with those wide receivers against uh, the Buffalo's cornerbacks. Um, if, if New York's put in a spot where they have to throw the ball to get back in this game, I think Chris Herndon can get you, I don't know, six for 80, six for 100. If he gets into the end zone, I think that, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a jackpot at 3,300. So let's break this down. So a quarterback, the most expensive quarterback, I don't have – my phone died, unfortunately. I got it right How here. prepared was I? The most expensive quarterback is Lamar Jackson, right? Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes. And so how much is Lamar Jackson? Oh, sorry. It is Lamar. It, it is, is Lamar. Eight eighty-one. Yes. So, how much is Mahomes? Seventy-four. So let's do. Let's see. Let's see if this fits. Do Mahomes, and then do Cook, and then let's do uh, who? Who? Uh, I guess we could do Josh Jacobs. You don't want to do CMC. Well, you. But you, you could do. You can only do Mahomes if you're doing all the games this week. Right. Because he's a Thursday night game. Yeah. Which I mean, if it depends on what tournament style you're playing and things like that. Well, I was just trying to put together the best lineup. But you want you want to spit all the best lineup, guys? Um, I need I would need to think about it more. I, I'd be happy to to talk about it, and then maybe we could post it on on the Facebook page. Okay, you know what? Let's do that. We've been on we've been online for about two hours, well, anyways. And- the only thing I wanted to add to Adam's point about him putting Calvin Ridley and Julio together. So this is a fun little fact that I always wanted to put. Um, into this. So as far as the um, 17 weeks of the million maker, uh, millionaire maker tournament in uh, DraftKings last, last, uh, last year, the, there was a QB to one other player stack, if not a QB to two other player stack, 10 of 17 times. Oh. So when, when you're looking to make your roster, um, I'm always looking at the over-under as far as what Vegas is uh, providing as the line. And then the matchup to compare to that whether and, and game script, but that is something to to Adam's point of potentially putting Julio and Calvin together. At that point, I'm not looking to invest in Matt Ryan or Patrick Mahomes because if those two do score, I want to try and stack with Matt Ryan in some way, shape, or form. So, you know, if we're going that route with those two guys, that's exactly where I'm going to go just based off of that that number alone. Ten out of 17 weeks last year, they had at least two, if not three, players from the same game. Now, whether it's QB wide receiver, wide receiver, or QB wide receiver, another, whatever the case may be, 
the best way I find to focus that is the over under what Vegas is providing as the line and then work from there as far as the draft style uh, the, uh, the draft analytics and stuff like that. Well, that gives you, a, that gives you a lot of wiggle room because Matt Ryan isn't ranked. The, I don't think he's ranked the top five. So you can get Matt Ryan, you get Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. You can get a running back like Josh Jacobs, who's just outside that top five. Then, then you get Matt Ryan uh, is Matt Ryan is number six right now. But yeah. what you're doing though, if when you're stacking those three guys together, you're looking at about two thirds to close to half of your um, total total roster salary. So you when you're doing that, you do have to punt elsewhere, which is where the Chris Herndons of the world and see or Lamb. yeah, and, and the, you and can the get Herndon, CD Lamb, and the worst, the cheapest defense, yep. and you can still afford a guy like Josh Jacobs and Dalvin Cook. I think. And, and that's another thing. So as far as your, your um, strategy going into this, you do have to punt on isolation position, whether it's QB, defense, tight end. You never spend up on tight end, never spend up on defenses, just for the, the simple fact of you know, being the, uh, the odd man out and, and not having the same, same lineup as anywhere else. You need to invest in the horses when you can. You need to stack them when you can. Hmm. It's very interesting. You definitely need to pay up for in for positions that you're very certain on. I think that's what's mm-hmm. most important. You got to pay yep. up for floor, but then you need to you need to find those ceiling pieces uh, in those other positions. So that's why I'm I'm most typically going to pay up for running backs. So because I want to lock in those 20 points out of Christian McCaffrey, out of Dalvin Cook, out of Barkley, or whoever, whatever combination of those three or four that are in the best position, or I think that the workload is going to be there for whatever reason based on matchups. And then I tried to build in, build in these other spots that I think have higher upside. The floor may be lower, and that's I'm okay with that because I've already paid for my floor, my roster. And I think that's what's most important with people need to start thinking about this team as, as a whole and how can you put this team together where you're protecting your floor, but you're also you, you're maintaining that ceiling to where you can. This, this one roster is almost going to guarantee you to win your 50-50s, but it also has the upside to win you the million maker. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, there's a lot to think about, lots to break down. I feel like this was there was a lot of information as far as Daily's fantasy went. Um, hopefully, everybody found this uh, this entertaining, and hopefully, some everybody learned something. Um, but I think that that's it, boys. We ready to shut this baby down? Yeah. Hey, what we should do is we should do like a uh, like a three man on DK where we just like put put together our rosters and we make it public, and then that's brilliant. Um, people can follow along. Or whatever. By the way, before we log off, I can't believe I didn't start this off. Playball Inc. In Dublin, in the uh, the Tuttle Crossing Mall, I got four Austin signed Austin Hooper photos, and I should I, I don't have them in reaching distance. I could go get them to show. I, I'm going to post a photo of them. But are we giving yeah. that away this week? You want to give you want to just prep it up and then give it one away the next week. I don't know. Let's think about that. Let's figure out what we want to do for a giveaway. But yeah, yeah, let's give like one away this week and then next week and then yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let's figure that out. Yes. So if you're listening to this, if you've listened to us for the last three hours now, because this podcast has lasted forever, <laughs> let me know if you heard this and tell us what you think we should do to give these bad boys away. Again, Austin Hooper signed eight by tens. Obviously, he's in his Falcons uniform, but who cares? That's all he's ever played in. So, <laughs> stuff. But this was the Browns Wire podcast. I hope you give us a like, listen, um, review us. Check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're going to be doing these shows live now on Facebook. We're going to try to do them also live on YouTube and also live on Twitter. We're still looking out for kinks there. Uh, We're going to make a YouTube channel probably this weekend. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JoshKeatley16. Adam? Follow me on Twitter, more2102. Did you already create a YouTube channel or not? 
I keep thinking you did. No? I think I I don't remember. I don't remember. I think you I text, did. <laughs> I think you texted me like four months ago that you did, and we never did anything with it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll need to focus on we'll that. We'll try, out, yeah, we'll it was try his OnlyFans page. You're getting confused. That's what it was. <laughs> That's what it was. Ryan, where, they, where can they follow you at? Uh, at I am Ryan Keefe. All right, man. Again, this is the Browns Wire Podcast. I'm excited, guys. I'm excited. This is where we get most of our listens midseason, getting our betting advice. I had multiple people message me last year about Adam's picks. So hopefully hopefully, he hit a nice little groove. And uh, once he gets his data, his goddamn data. We hey, before we go, I just wanted to say if I lose any of these picks by following, um, my song lyric is The Reason Is You by Hoobastown. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm, I'm headstrong, ready to take that anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, out. See you. Later. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy. Or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today. Only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's. Taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. ¿Quieres fortalecer tu inmunidad y proteger a tu comunidad? Obtén una dosis de refuerzo contra COVID-19. Si han pasado al menos seis meses desde tu última dosis de Pfizer o Moderna, o al menos dos meses desde tu dosis de Johnson Johnson, es hora de obtener una dosis de refuerzo. Fortalezcamos nuestra inmunidad. Obtén tu dosis de refuerzo y también la vacuna contra la gripe. Para más detalles, visita myturn.ca.gov. Un mensaje del Departamento de Salud Pública de California.